I am super stoked to have the Kel and Will show in here. So we have <laughs> Kelly Schwartz and Will Reichenstein. Um, many people will know you from the paddling world. Many will know you from your podcast. Um, I've known you both for a super long time growing up here at the Newport Aquatic Center. And as always, kind of the whole focus of this podcast is I just love to connect the dots. And even with people like you that I've watched growing up and I know, I know your family will. Kel, I know a bit about yours. Um, there's so much that I know, don't know. And even with your podcast, which we'll talk a lot about and maybe a little bit later on, um, I guarantee you that people that know you from your almost 100 episodes, <laughs> which is incredible, but they probably don't know the whole backstory. Like, how did you guys get into paddling? And how did right. you guys come to get like all this stuff? And so it is really fun for me. And again, I, I, know, I only know bits and pieces. And it's, just, it's the same thing I say every time I'm here. I'm like, we're going to connect the dots because inevitably there's going to be things, even if I think I know you super duper well, mm-hmm. there's stuff I don't know. And I love the storytelling that we get to do. And mm-hmm. again, especially since you guys have been kind of working together and friends, and we'll talk a lot about how that all came about. But um, that's it. We're just yeah. chatting today. And it's fun to have you guys kind of on your heels because you're usually the ones doing the interviews. Oh, I know. On your podcast. <laughs> We're on our heels. I get to do it. Yeah. And if you look at Kelly's beautiful outfit, it is Valentine's it Day. Is. So thank you for spending Valentine's morning with me. And this is the first time I've done a two, two plus one. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's fun. So thanks again. And to kind of set the stage a little bit, um, this is not a paddling podcast. Mm-hmm. For anybody that knows me, I have a passion for really cool people doing really cool stuff for ocean sports and endurance stuff, and then just storytelling and that. So we're going to talk about paddling because it's a big part of your worlds, mm-hmm. but it's not the only part. And that's what right. we're also going to dig into, which I think will be really interesting for people that don't know the backstory, even if they know you really well through, again, 100 podcasts or races or racing, etc. cetera. Um, that's where we're going to go. And I think that I kind of just t- tapped on it. Um, both of you are big in that world and you're well known in that because as I would say, I, I was thinking about like, you guys are both behind the scenes and in front of the pack. Mm-hmm. So both from the racing, but also on the organiza- race organization side, the boat building side, um, sponsored athletes, working with brands, like super deep in the radical sport of ocean outrigger paddling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just super cool. So I think there's a lot of people that will find both the history interesting and also where you are, how you got there in this paddling game that we're in, mm-hmm. yeah. and just shine a light on it. Totally. That cool? Yep. Awesome. So I thought what we would do, and if anybody was listening before we technically started, we're talking about <laughs> 17th Street, the street we see right behind us, is not yeah. far from, I think, where both of you guys grew up. Right. So um, I know a bit about your growing up, Will. Mm-hmm. Kel, I saw you at Newport Aquatic Center, but I don't know anything more than that. Other than at coffee, you mentioned this morning, you're the oldest of five girls. Yep. So your dad, as we all said, <laughs> dad's working hard to yes. uh, pay for a lot of weddings. <laughs> but can you tell the story? Where did you grow up? What was it all about? Just give us some backstory. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm the, I'm the oldest of five girls um, born in Newport, right at, right at Hogue, uh, you know, where my kids were born. So it's kind of fun uh, to, we're still in the same community. Um, but yeah, I mean, I lived in Dover Shores, probably three streets up from NAC, for about seven years before I even realized NAC was down mm. there. I rode my bike down there at 14 with two friends, and I was like, what is this place? What street were you on? Uh, corner of Marion and Dorothy. Got it. I yeah. Don't, I don't live far from there. Yeah. So. so, again, for anybody that doesn't know the area, we're in Newport Beach. We're in the Newport Beach, Costa Mesa area. 
Newport Aquatic Center, which we'll talk about, is probably two miles from here, and mm -hmm. the community around it is called Dover Shores. So you drive, anybody that's been down there, you drive through the community of Dover Shores down to the Newport Aquatic Center. And yeah. so you lived there for about seven years, didn't even know it was there for right. a few of them. You know, we moved into that house when I was seven, um, and then, you know, later on I was like, oh, there's this big building down here, that's kind of cool. Um, and I didn't think much of it. And then um, I'm the oldest of five girls, but I'm also the shortest of five girls. Mm. And so volleyball just wasn't landing for me <laughs> um, at all. <laughs> um, it landed for my sisters, um, but, and I was playing basketball and that's how I met Malia, um, our other best friend. Malia Hole. Yep, Malia Hole. And we were playing basketball together and volleyball. And then we kind of, you get to that spring season, you're like, oh, I don't want to run track. I like, I don't. Well, I don't, don't want to get no. too. I don't want to get too <laughs> yeah. far into paddling yet. Yeah. But so you grew up here. What schools did you go to? Uh, Mariners Elementary and then Ensign Junior High in Newport Harbor. So you followed this side of the bay as normal path of yep. travel. Yep. Those three schools, um, and I'm guessing Newport. Well, I don't want to guess. You were going to keep going on you, yeah. and I'll get over to Will in a second. <laughs> um, yeah, Newport Harbor, um, and then. After that, I kind of just floated around. I did a, a, a year at OCC, and then I actually moved up to where they went to college in San Luis Obispo for a year, um, and then I moved back. Got it. So, yeah. Cool. So you haven't gone far? No, have not. Got it. Nope. And Will, you haven't gone far, but your path was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So talk about growing up here. Very similar. Um, yeah, I think only a couple miles separates where we both grew up, uh, east side, Costa Mesa. Um, went to Kaiser. That was just maybe a half mile yeah. from where I grew up. Uh, Ensign as well, and then Newport, Newport Harbor. Harbor. I think I was right on that border, you know, maybe a half mile away from being whatever the middle school, and then Costa Mesa High was. So it was kind of right in that zone. Gotcha. Um, and then uh, NAC has never not been a part of. Well, we of will my talk life. a lot about yeah. NAC because it's such um, an active part of everybody you know, my, here. My earliest birthday parties, I remember taking double holes. To go to the uh, the crab dock, um, the seafood dock, right at the base of PCH. Pearson's Port. We'd go to Pearson's Port. We'd go to Bubble Beach. Jump off the bridge. Like those were my birthdays growing up. It happened more than once. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, pretty similar trajectories. And I went up to San Luis Obispo. Now in high school, you played some other sports. Soccer. Though. Yeah. You were big soccer. soccer. Yeah. Okay. So. And then we'll go to college, and then we'll come back to the paddling piece because mm -hmm. I know that you guys. Well, I want to find out. You could out. tell we're itchy to jump right into Well, it's yeah. such a natural thing for all of us. <laughs> right? I mean, what I mean, else do we talk about? Yeah, yeah. Don't well, dig gonna... up the past, Mark. That's why I'm here. No. Don't <laughs> dig up the past. <laughs> I'm here to direct this if I can. I, it's, mm -hmm. it's hard to do so. Um, Soccer, yeah. Well, so you went to San Luis Obispo for, you moved up there, but not for school? Or mm, f nope, not for school. They were just playing. Well, you went to school. I went to school. We didn't go much. <laughs> I didn't go to the university. I went to Cuesta. the Cuesta. Got it. The yeah. community Which is, college. A lot, right and there. a lot of people do that. Yeah. A lot, it's just like Santa Barbara. You go to city and then you go yeah. on to the university. Yep. So talk about your, because you did a couple different things in college, if I recall. Right? Uh, well, I mean, I jumped around. Like I did um, two years in San Luis Obispo. Then I did my third year was the, the National Student Exchange Program. At, I exchanged with the University of Hawaii. Um, usually that program does like a one-to-one -one exchange. A student from there comes over and vice versa. But uh, they weren't affiliated, the Cal Poly and UH. Um, so there's this different type of way they, they run it that allowed me to go there for a year 
and then come back for my last year gotcha. at Cal Poly. How was that year? Uh, that was the year that really changed the trajectory mm. of where I was gonna land for a while. Cause I came back to Cal Poly very begrudgingly. I I, and don't get me wrong, I love the San Luis Obispo area. Love but after it. spending a year in Hawaii as a paddler. Well, that's when that I time, knew, right? yeah. that's when it really clicked for me what I wanted to pursue and that was competitive paddling Correct. in Hawaii specifically. Yeah. Um, because we have it here, uh, not to the level that it's at now, but you have top level guys like a Danny, for instance, sure. that, that you can compete with if you stay here. But going to Hawaii, experiencing. So let, yeah, let's 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 stay narrow on that one year there. Yeah. When you, before you begrudgingly came back. Right. What was it about that year in Hawaii? Like, just talk about what you experienced. Because I'm gonna reflect on me. I, I only, as a super active surfer in high school, the only yeah. places I was willing to go to school was San Diego, Santa Barbara, Hawaii. Those are the uh -huh. only places mm -hmm. I, it was a lot easier to get in back then. I, yeah. I still wasn't smart enough well, to get into Santa Barbara. Mark, I was a parks and rec major, so let's just. Okay, well, we were gonna talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So you went, let's talk about it, San Luis Obispo, you were focused on parks and rec. Parks and rec, yeah. With, did you have an aspiration of what that would look like when you came out of school? No, okay. that was just the, that was what was gonna get me that was the accepted. Into the but school. let's just not besmirch the major because there are incredibly talented people and professors um, with you know, doctorate level degrees that teach this because the, they've changed the name since. I think my opinion is because of the show, Parks and Rec came out and it was, <laughs> the joke was always, you know, oh, Parks and Rec. Yeah. So they've changed it to experience, manage, experience industry management, which sounds a lot more yeah. uh, refined. Yes. But within the Parks and Rec major, there was these main concentrations Event planning, mainly wedding planning, mm. was the ticket. For you that. would have been a great wedding planner. Nope. Mm -hmm. um, then you could go into the park service, um, forestry service, or uh, sports management. So kind of an offshoot of the kinesiology department, sports management was one of the, uh, the other concentrations. Um, so the major was like 90% women because they were all going event management route. So you want to talk about organized. They were organized. Interesting. And then you had, you know, the five guys in the back <laughs> that were going the route of, I think one of the guys ended up uh, starting his own surf school down in Costa Rica. I need to check in on Yes, I think you his. should. Um, you know, it was a very widely based but uh, if you group had, of people. Where did you... As you were going through it, was it really just a goal to get your degree and get out with that? Or was no. there something within the space that you thought you wanted to do? No, I think it was just the way that I was Gonna. there and I was interested in it. But it, it, you know, you're 18, 19, I didn't know no. what right. I wanted to do. It was just a way of, this is the most likely chance for me to get into this school. Because originally, I was just gonna go to OCC to play soccer. Oh, so you got in because of your- You have you, to declare. You, de you do, for okay, Cal got Poly. it. You have oh, to declare. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't wanna declare anything, but there they, was no they other- They that. Oh, interesting. But, uh, you know, that's that's the whole other thing, is I was, I was gonna go to OCC mm -hmm. um, because I didn't wanna move. I was gonna go to OCC, I was gonna play soccer, I could keep paddling here. That was my, that was what I wanted to do. And then something right around decision time uh, changed my mind. And so Parks and Rec was just kind of the only thing on the list of majors that remotely appealed to me. Gotcha. 
Yeah. Well, then, like, not to interrupt, but we had Malia Hole also got accepted. To That's Cal right. Poly she was in kinesiology. For kinesiology. Yeah. Our, uh, his other, his uh, best friend, our other friend, Gavin, also got accepted to oh, Cal wow. Poly San Luis Obispo. So, with them two going, and then Malia. I, Malia and so, and all four of us grew up at NAC. So, when all three of them went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, I was mm-hmm. like, hey guys, I'm coming. Hold on. Got it. Yeah. Well, so, we let's, <laughs> so, let's, okay. So, you, let's talk about that that year at UH. Yeah. You, and we're right after this, we're going to talk about where you guys met and how that was that through paddling, et cetera. But right. let's talk about that first year in Hawaii. Cause I'm, it sounds, yeah, yeah again, that was begrudgingly like, returned. So, I mean, it, it wasn't great. Again, I love San Luis Obispo, but I knew the moment I graduate, I'm going back. back. Um, because it was like the world opened up for me. You know, I, you, everything's brand new. Um, but again this is the paddling community on its whole is if you show initiative and you show that you want to be there people will just open doors for you to to walk into so when i moved there i was living in a student housing building the atherton house is this pink building on university avenue right next to to uh and uh there is an old one man just a couple miles down on the alawai Canal that used to be uh, Josh Creighton's, mm. I think Josh Banfield, mm-hmm. Danny Ching's, I think Tyson used it. Did all those point. guys go to school over there? They don't all go to school there, but, but they, they all, all spent time there, there mm-hmm. or God. knew somebody who was in school okay. there. So there's this like 30 year old wave blade, one man. And for reference, every name just shared are elite paddlers from California yeah. that have spent time over And there. so I was, uh, I had a bus pass that came with my student ID, and so I was taking the bus from the Atherton building down to the uh, Hui Lanakila site and paddling, I mean, every single moment I could because I was lucky enough to just go to school and train. That was it, it was school and train. The beauty school of being train. in college. Very, <laughs> very unrealistic yeah. lifestyle. Anyways. I tell my guy two in college, I'm like, enjoy every enjoy, minute Don't of it. waste a second. Enjoy That's every what, minute. Yeah, and so I was paddling mainly on my own at that point and then you start meeting people here and there and they connect you with the next group and so before I knew it there was uh he's passed since well, about a year or two but Kala Judd lived in a house from like the 1940s just up around the corner from the Atherton house and he I st- he started picking me up in the mornings mm-hmm. taking me to Outrigger where they had another canoe that I could borrow. The Kamanu guys did. I was paddling with Kamanu then. So Outrigger Canoe Club, right Outrigger at Waikiki. Canoe Club. It's good I as mean, it gets from a paddling world perspective. So he was picking me up every morning, taking me to go train. I was training with Walter Guild, Jimmy Austin, uh, the whole Hawaiian Hammers Outrigger yeah. community, and they just took me right in. And so only a couple months passed. The next semester was coming up, and he says, hey, move out of the Atherton building. I got a room you can rent in my place and he just kind of set you up set me up yeah at the time he was coaching team primo that's they're now known they're the wailea boys Mm -hmm. um and so i had done a race with them previously when i was a little younger before i moved over there but now this was the full circle connection so i'm living at the house of the coach he's very active himself as well at this point in his life and so we're doing we're riding bikes up tantless so you're mountain. training I'm super training hard. i'm going to school i'm training the semester system worked better for me because everything was more 
long-winded. Cal Poly was tough because it's quarters, and I yeah. it was it just hard it, yeah. for me to keep up. On and you that. weren't playing soccer at no. Cal Poly. That was that's you <laughs> could talk about when your dreams die. Yeah, oh. that's that yeah. was one of those weird moments. It's hard to prepare somebody for. Yeah. Hey, by the way, this thing that you it, think you're really good at. Yep. I can. Uh, I know a lot. Of, yeah. That that it's is not, not landing. It's it not landing. And it's not an uncommon story, yeah. right? So I played. I played a, bit, a little bit of club soccer here and there, and then I eventually realized. You know, I pulled my head out of the sand. I was like, oh, that's not the direction I was actually yeah. going. You're like, this I'm is... guessing you're like, I'm either going to play D1 or I don't want to play. <laughs> yeah, I remember right? actually my mom, this is a good one. My mom, so Ryan Hernandez, I don't know if you know I him. He was, so. you would know him by degrees of separation. He's a local boy. Um, he coaches UCSD now, but he was our coach at Newport Harbor. And uh, I remember my mom telling me that, you know, Ryan thinks you, you could m maybe play D2 or something. And I was <laughs> broken. Oh, I was livid. And I, I look back on it now and I'm like, he was being nice. Oh, <laughs> D2 was, was being was nice. Wow. Yeah. I think we need to. Hey, sliding doors, right? I yeah. think, had you been playing yeah. D1 ball or D2 ball? I was playing high school. Okay, right, but let's yeah. say that you were good enough to play D1, D2 ball, okay. and you did. Mm -hmm. In college, you probably wouldn't have gone to no, the Hawaii. Yeah, you probably different. it would have been really different. Yeah, so everything would have been something different. Something happens for everything happens. Yeah, for no, a I'm trust me, I'm not upset about the the direction. But at the time, it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I walked into the coaches and asked them for you know walk on Wednesday tryouts, and he looked at me like, "What are you talking? Like, really? <laughs> what? Wow. We don't do tryouts." Yeah. Wow. Uh, but You're like okay. Yeah, so then I plan, found, plan I found my niche. Yeah, I found my niche yes, in, in Hawaii. Um, and that's when paddling really... And then they tore you out of there. And we'll get into... We're gonna, obviously, yeah. we're getting into paddling yeah. already. But yeah. um, but then you had to go back to San Luis Obispo. And yeah, I finished that, my year there. But when you went back, yeah. you're like, okay, I'm going to get this done. And then you started planning to get back over there. Yeah. Is that right? Gotcha. Okay. And Kel, how long did you stay up in San, uh, up in San Luis Obispo? A year. Just one year. The year before. One beautiful year. <laughs> it was great. I, uh, I took a welding class. Sick. Our GPA. Isn't it interesting that your husband is a welder? <laughs> right. Took right. a what dive that year. Okay. <laughs> so let's let's go back. All right. I, I mean, this is why I was hoping to get you guys in the room because this interplay, which you hear on your guys' podcast, yeah. which mm -hmm. at the very beginning of your podcast, the intro, you talk about two best friends talking about what you love. And then you go a little bit of reverent and you're like, if you don't like hearing kids and dogs, like it's probably not the podcast for yeah. you, Kelly. Mm -hmm. I love that. So let's just jump back. Your connection. Where, when, how did you guys connect? Um, did paddling start it or did school start it and get you guys into paddling? Like that's kind of the way of It's a little bit of both. I mean, yeah. I think... Because we went to the same junior high. Right, but, but we were we in the same year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But we were in different groups. Yeah, yeah. different groups because we grew up in different, you know, Zones. elementary schools. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, I mean, you could really bring it, in my memory, would bring it back to the NAC junior team. Yep. You know, and. Uh, and I mean, it's Malia who. Yeah. You know, she was the conduit a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because she mm -hmm. and Will have known each other since day one, Birth. diaper yeah. days. Oh, yeah. because of your dads? Pretty much, yeah. Interesting. You and we'll talk that. about. I mean, uh, we'll talk about and these. moms too. Yeah. You know, okay. Both our parents. I didn't know. I, I've never met Malia. So we'll talk about um, Malia's dad, Bud. Mm -hmm. Big paddling. Yeah. Billy Whitford. Big paddling. Your family. Big paddling. You're the first generation of big paddling, I think, yep. in your family, right? Yep. So you met. You think 
in it, I mean, junior high. So at Ensign High, uh, junior I mean, high we school, didn't probably. Even pro we probably yeah, really didn't uh, connect though until, until, until sophomore year of high school. Okay, yeah. so let's start then. So how did you both get into paddling? I'm gonna start with you, Kel. Um, it was just a, we had been, Malia and I had been playing basketball, I had been playing volleyball also, and then you get to this weird spring season when those sports are over in the high school circuit of sports, and some people run track, some people do other stuff. And I was like, I really don't want to run track or play lacrosse or do any of that stuff. And Malia's like, why don't you come paddle? I'm like, where do you paddle? Oh, because she grew up with yes. the dad. That was and so paddling. she paddles okay. for school credit. And I was like, you could do this for school credit. And so I went to the NAC, which is, was probably the second time I'd been there. Cause the first time I just ridden my bike down there and I was like, this is a place. It was a cool place to go cool airsofting. Yeah. Or donuts and yes. um but you know except you'll get in big trouble if you do that now yeah, probably yes. by you yeah <laughs> i'm the one chasing them get off my lawn um but yeah and then so i started paddling and i just didn't stop and i i hold on what so yeah. what year what when that would have been 2004 and that you were would or have five. been in junior high school is that no what you no said? sophomore in high school oh, sophomore in high school started. started. Mm -hmm. okay yeah. Got it. And you haven't stopped and we'll get to yeah. that. So that's the mm -hmm. genesis of that and probably mm -hmm. through Malia. Yep. And then mm -hmm. you probably started a little bit younger. Not really though. Like I was always around it. Okay. So well, let's I, talk about, you were always around it. Why? Talk yeah. about your folks. Well, that's, yeah, you, you gotta have my, so we've been waiting to have my dad and both my mom and my dad mm -hmm. uh, on, on a podcast, but uh, we need oh, a trust situation. Me, I'm trying, I'm trying yeah. to get. No, no, but this your, is the perfect situation because it needs to be in person, you know, doing something over the phone with my dad is, I mean, yes, these, so oh. Willie, so your dad, so you're well, your dad is Willie and I paddled with him this morning. I paddled yesterday. So yeah. give a little backstory about your dad, where he grew up. Yeah. So this how is why we, we got to, we got to bring him, bring him on. I'll give you oh, the, yeah. the cliff notes because um, we yes. got to bring him on. You got to bring him on. <laughs> I will physically deliver him. Hallelujah. Um, I can't wait. But the, the, the cliff notes is, you know, he was born and raised in Darville, Scotland, um, Sir Alexander Fleming's home, birthplace penicillin. Let's go, don't forget wow. it. <laughs> uh, very, very small town. He uh, taught in England for a while. Um, he was a, a physical education teacher. That um, makes sense. Always coached canoe and kayak. He did two Olympics, uh, 76 and 80, Montreal and Moscow for Great Britain, high kneel canoe. He eventually came over this way, um, went to Kentucky, for a year mm -hmm. uh, to get his master's degree. You can imagine how funny that must have been, accent to accent. See, hold on, just, this is why I do this. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm with Willie three mornings a week or more. Yeah. I didn't know he was a teacher. I didn't know he got his master's. I yeah. didn't know he was in, like, yeah. just never know. Love and it. And so, uh, you probably know this better than I do, uh, but, so, outrigger canoe paddling was starting to, not take off, but it was starting to really become uh, more of a sport. Seventies, eighties. Yeah, this is, 80s. is where you need bud. Yeah, but uh, it was kind of the early eighties. Billy was assembling the the Olympians, and so back in the days, Blazing Paddles Offshore Canoe Club, they were pulling in a lot of high caliber athletes in canoe and kayak world, and somehow Billy met my dad at I don't know if it was a kayak event or something and said you know if you find your way out in, in the west coast um, 
you know, we got this thing coming up, Newport Aquatic Center wasn't built yet. So mm-hmm. this would have been before like 84. So this would have yeah. been mm-hmm. early 80s, late 70s, I guess so imagine. he somehow gets his way over here, starts racing outrigger canoes with Billy, with Blazing Paddles. I don't know if he was with Blazing Paddles, but that, that group, eventually Offshore Canoe Club. Um, and then uh, I think one of the fun stories that you've got to uncover too is his visa was coming up mm. or I don't know, it, it was it, he the time limit on the visa yeah. for him cause yeah and he, so he was gonna have to go back to great mm-hmm. britain something like that and the newport aquatic center was gonna be developed and they supposedly Sponsored made him, him the director of operations to prove that he had a job that he was qualified more qualified to do than somebody a else. citizen yeah. and that kept him Got it. We'll need to dig in that one. And then, and you know, the rest is history. He's been here ever since. Um, And without getting ahead of myself, for anybody that doesn't, like you're starting to hear like, okay, Olympic, the Newport Aquatic Center, Blazing Paddles. Um, This is like kind of the, now, outrigger paddling. And for people that have no idea what we're talking about, an outrigger canoe has the central canoe and then it has an arm off the side. So if you're in Hawaii and you see people paddling around, Typically, you're seeing in an outrigger. Yeah. Um, but it, it's Polynesian, and it's been around for centuries. Yeah. But in California, it was really starting to take off in uh, this time period yeah. with those people we just mm-hmm. mentioned, Bud, Billy, your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, now, yeah. so this that, is what we do. That was a really long answer of no, 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 telling you I've been around it yes. my whole life. But, you know, like I said, I had always played soccer. I'd always kind of had my own things that I wanted to do. But then it wasn't until around that same time, sophomore year of high school, maybe late freshman year of high school, where it just something clicked. And my dad, as you know, he runs the Willie workouts. It used to be Monday through Friday. Now it's Monday through Thursday, uh, 5.45 a.m. on the water. Um, And I started going to those uh, as much as, well, he would yank, physically yank me out of bed. (laughs) Like, you know, the... The, yep. the weightlifting drill where you have the ropes and you shake it. That was my legs. <laughs> I'm not kidding. At 5.15 in the morning. He'd, when you have high-performing parents, yeah, you're going to well, try. To least. be fair, he waited until I said, I want to do this. It wasn't a force. It's a right. smart way to go. Uh, yeah. Right? And so the moment I said, I, were get, I, was, I was trying to play volleyball. How stupid is that? And <laughs> we were getting screamed at by the coach at, 5.15 in the morning, you know, my freshman year. And I remember my dad would drop me off on his way to NEC and I, I got picked up one day and I was like, that you gotta take me paddling. I'm yeah. done, I'm done with this. And that was it. And Boom. so then I started doing that. Well, it's a super, oh, sorry. And then, and then that's how Kelly and I really started to blend together because I grew up with Malia as a sister figure. Mm. Malia and Kelly were best friends, our best friends. Mm-hmm. And so now I was yes, suddenly everything, the triangle was completed, right? Mm-hmm. And so we started paddling around the same time. We had a really cool group um, that Sam was running mm-hmm. for the, the, the NAC junior team. Sam Couch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, and that's where it kind of started, you could say, for the two of us. Got know? it. Mm-hmm. And your mom has a big paddling background as she well, does. right? She did, does. Did your parents yeah. meet through paddling? Mm-hmm. Here? Uh, yeah. Where'd, where'd mom grow up? Where'd Liz Anaheim. grow up? In Anaheim. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Gotcha, that's your local connection. All right, we just, you brought up Sam Couch, and I think he's a really formative figure in your guys' life. Um, can you guys talk about Sam maybe at that time? And mm -hmm. I, mean, I, know, I knew Please. Sam pretty well. Yeah, um, I mean, Sam, so Sam was our outrigger coach growing up. He also coached the men's outrigger team for the longest time. Um, How much older than you was Sam? He would be uh, 51 this year. Okay. It's closer and, to my age. Yeah. 18 years. Got it. Yeah. How old are we? We're 30 -ish? 33. 33? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, I mean, he, yeah, he would, he'd be 51 this year. Okay. Um, and uh, he actually was also a junior at the NAC when it started, you know, taking on juniors for, uh, for, for rowing and for canoe and kayak. He had a cystic fibrosis. And so... I don't, I don't know the timeline, but I know that his doctors were like, Hey, you know, salt water is really gonna, gonna help clear your, your airways, I believe. And so his mom was like, well, there's Newport Aquatic Center. So they got him into rowing, into high kneel canoe, into K1, into uh, anything they could down there. And then he just kind of stuck and kept working there. And I guess the junior outrigger team used to be canoe and kayak when canoe and kayak was more prominent um in this area and then it, i think people in really US in the in u.s in general yeah. um and then outrigger kind of just started taking over um in the early 2000s more and so then just kind of morphed into the junior outrigger team and then we had adult outrigger teams that were kind of forming and he coached all that and so he was just a huge mentor mm. in our life you know um just through being our friend, being our coach, keeping us in line, making fun of us. He <laughs> was all that stuff. a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> so from an athletic perspective, here's a guy that had cystic fibrosis and ultimately died from it. Yes. And yet he was a hammer. Mm -hmm. Like he went so hard mm -hmm. and you'd hear him coughing and stuff while we were out there. And he'd probably be dropping me. Like yeah. he was an unbelievable yeah. athlete, dedicated, determined, and going through some hell stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really yeah. impressive. He was also... I didn't know him as well, not nearly as well, nor did I have him as a coach or anything, but like there were a couple different sides to Sam. Like he was oh, yeah. super cool, but I wouldn't want to get on his bad side. Is that a safe thing to say? Oh, I got safe. on that a couple times. Oh, we've <laughs> been on that side. Yeah. Bruce lived on that side. Is that right? Bruce yeah. lived on the bad side. I think, But yeah, we had very similar relationships to him, but we also mm -hmm. have very different relationships with yeah. him because he would, he, he, he was very personalized to Every individual <laughs> yes. got a different Sam? Yes. Yeah. Mm, based on what you need or based on what he thought of you? or Well, you didn't think, think you needed it then, but you look back on it and you yeah, go, you yeah, that was it. what you needed. Was he a yeah. pretty formative guy in your lives? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. You could go, we could plug, there's a broadcast Bretta's episode where we go into this. The, mm. I think the first one we got oh, I on. I heard that one. Yeah, and we, we really dive into it. Rad. Um, but I mean, you know, from my perspective, you know, he is one, I mean, there's other people as well but he is one of the real biggest influences i think correct mm -hmm. me if i'm wrong as to why kelly is as good at what she does as she is and why she hustles so hard because we were surrounded at a right. young age very impressionable age by people who if you can't fix the problem well, you better figure it out right and that's just been the motto and that's how we kind of pursue the lives that we've created for ourselves because if there's a problem she's going to figure it out right because that's there's no other option you just figure it out you connect the dots you make the calls and you 
put the pieces in play. And so he was one of those guys, I think, that really rubbed off on you, especially mm -hmm. as far as how to hustle, how to pursue something. And just if you need something done and no one can help you with it, you do it you yourself. You gotta figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You know, I always joke that mm. the, the first time I ever drove a trailer was when Sam was in the hospital and he was supposed to deliver something for a fundraiser. No one else could do it. So I just took the truck down to any I'm like, I've seen him do this a hundred times. And I just hooked up the trailer and I left and I kept going. And I delivered what needed to be delivered and I came back and Sam was so mad. He was like, what are you doing? And I was like, it needed to be done and you couldn't mm. do it. I've seen you do it. So I did it. And he's like, you can't, you can't just do that. You should have told somebody. And I was like, I just told you, we're good. <laughs> Resourcefulness, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> So I love that distinction about NAC and Sam and his influence and watching it because I've been spending a lot of time there. Like I always say that my triangle of life is my house, my office, and NAC. Mm -hmm. That's my, it's a pretty good quality of life, thank goodness. Um, you could probably say the same yeah, thing, yeah. right? Except your office is the NAC yeah. in many ways, yeah. right? You have, you're a jack of multiple, both of you have a lot going on. We're, we're gonna dig into that. But let's stay on NAC. So um, what, so Newport Aquatic Center, Newport Beach, we've talked a bit about it in the 80s. Sam was the junior coach mm -hmm. and others. There's a lot of parts. Um, I always talk about when people ask me about it, I'm like, it is, if you don't know about it and you live in Newport, mm -hmm. it is one of the gems of the community. It is one of the most incredible resources to Orange County to anybody because there's you know you can rent you can be part of a team you can, there's so many things you can do there whether you're a rower or a paddler um, super inclusive lots of really cool programs um, it's but what I always shine a light on is the junior programs mm -hmm. you watch these scrawny little kids come in as a, incoming freshmen yeah. in both the rowing side and the paddling side and by the time they graduate the rowing side produces probably more scholarships than any other totally. program in Orange County, if not Southern California. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable how many of these kids go on to elite level schools because of the rowing program, which is elite. On the paddling side, less scholarships, but- Less? Zero scholarships. Oh yeah, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> which is a travesty. I mean, unfortunately people probably go, I want to get into college, I'm going that way. Right. But a lot of people come back after rowing and spending a lot of years oh, yeah. at NAC, they come back and become paddlers. Oh, for sure. Because you go forward and it's more camaraderie. There's surf. Rowing's awesome, paddling's awesome. Um, but the fitness, the camaraderie, the community, um, and there's just so many amazing people involved. And I always talk about like, so I paddled this morning with your dad, Olympic. There's always multiple, Jimmy Terrell, Olympic. Mm -hmm. Some of the premier boat people, paddler, Paddle built like it attracts elite people at all levels of their career. Whether they're like we have a couple young women that are training for the Olympics, the U.S. Olympic yep. team. We have past Olympic. We have international people that use it as their winter training grounds. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to hang around elite performance people of all ages, there's no there. I don't know of another resource like that anywhere right. that I could think of. And they're just normal people that will. You know, your dad gives people advice all day long. Jimmy Terrell gives advice all day long. Johnny Puokea will come and hang out and give mm -hmm. it, like, where do you get that for free right. as a friend? Like, right. it, it's pretty special. And I always, every once in a while I get lucky and, you know, beat somebody in a piece that has an Olympic tattoo. And I'm like, whew, I feel pretty good <laughs> about myself today. You know, uh, NAC is, a, it's an incredible resource. And so within that, Kel, you're a big part of it. So mm -hmm. let's get into kind of career stuff now, because you guys haven't, 
deviated very far from it, right? Yeah. From the paddling world. Like you guys are deep in it. Kelly, you've become one of the premier race directors. You were already talking about the. like the, yeah. <laughs> you were already talking about the resourcefulness that you've had to kind of learn or where right. you learned by yeah. default to being part of it. And I just skipped over. Billy Whitford, one of my favorite people in the world, one of the founders yep. of NEC, the executive director of NEC. Like that guy will do, again, like drive, like ah, you got, I gotta go drive a, oh, yeah. a trailer to Northern California. I, and then I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna do it again, yeah. you know, tomorrow. Like no, that we'll guy, do anything for the sport, right. both of rowing and paddling and has been incredible right. for this community. Well, not just the and sport, were, but the people of the sport too. He'll do anything for, for anyone, no matter you know what he team you're met on. Met you or, for five minutes. Yeah, he's yeah. you know, and he'll give you shit he just will. as quickly. Yeah. So talk about NAC and how it's impacted your life and why you're so involved in what you're doing there these days. Gosh, that's well, a big question. It's a big, it's a big question. What I don't, I don't even you know how. To, I don't even know how to summer. So let's let's talk about <laughs> your role at NAC and maybe your involvement with the coaching and that side of yeah. the sport. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I'm there every day. Uh, I grew up, as soon as I was out of high school, I jumped right into assistant coaching the junior outrigger team with Sam. Um, and then when I moved back from San Luis Obispo, I was, you know, I jumped right back into coaching the junior team with Sam and I'd always worked in the office. Um, and then when Sam passed, I kind of, it was just like a natural me. I'm now coaching the, 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 the junior team, you know? Um, and, you know, Billy was huge in that, you know, transition. He really like took on like making sure that like the outrigger team is going to be okay. Cause for a minute, like we were just like, we weren't okay. <laughs> but, um, so that just kind of fell into my lap there. And then, you know, involved into me coaching the women's outrigger team for a couple years, um, and getting just, you know, more involved in the office as people moved on from their jobs or some of the women in the office had kids and they weren't coming back. I kind of just started picking up more and more tasks. And that's just kind of where I am now is just, um, you know, the day-to-day -day stuff, the operations, making sure everything's kind of running smoothly, you know, working with, there's so many programs at NAC, um, rowing, outrigger, we are ocean, dragon boat, waterman, um, and then adult programs within all those junior programs. So there's just a lot going on. And so now I just kind of help keep everything running smoothly, you know? And Malia. So, and Malia is a huge impact part of in that. that. Well. Yep. So all these names seem yep. to have gone together. very far. Yeah. yeah. They're coming together. Yeah. yeah. Um, Super and, cool. And that's where I am now. Still gotcha. there. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Some, <laughs> that's some my, would that's say my homework doing home. too much, maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> whatever you're doing, I like it, so don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Well, listen, it is a, is it a for-profit or non-profit? It's a non-profit. Non 501c3. Non-profits are tough. They're right? very because tough. Because you just, and the, with the number of programs yep. and the, you know, you, it's real estate in Newport Beach. Mm -hmm. There's a zillion kids in and out of there every day and adults. There is a ton of maintenance. There are tons of programs that you talked about. They're all good, but it takes leadership and a yep. nonprofit doesn't produce a ton of revenue to pay Correct. really good salaries. So you're expecting so much from people while not paying them that much, which is a bummer. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know that one. Well, yeah. right? you call it, it's passion projects. Right. Your podcast. Right. I mean, that. I have yeah. it in here. I think what you guys are doing. Yeah. Not only that, <laughs> I, but I think when we get to you, Will, what you're doing right, right now you could say the same but thing. But it's, it's, you know, we found what the world and the community that we like to be in, that we want to right. be in. And there is, I would say very few people in 
in our in the outrigger paddling world that can make a living within that mm -hmm. community you know it's getting larger as far as the amount of people that can but it's tough yeah to make a living in this community so that you you know we basically you know kelly's positioned herself into a place of virtually just doing a passion project because it keeps her in the community that she loves with the mm -hmm. people that she loves and we can just keep feeding mm -hmm. off of each other um and it's the same it's the same thing for me uh we found ways to make enough money to make ends meet and to also be constantly surrounded by the things we love some would say too much maybe <laughs> well it's a small At community times. when right. you are in it all day right. every day yeah, but that i don't that wasn't that wasn't a goal necessarily mm -mm. it was just how do i stay, stay in this yeah yeah and not have to go get the real job even though what she does is a real job yes, it is. to me mm -hmm. and i would never do it and we're in the same right. community so yeah. we've found our niches at the things that we're good at for sure mm -hmm. and somehow you know you kind of again you make your own way right well, well we're, we're yeah. gonna oh i was gonna say with like our community being so like it's not the surfing community is huge right outrigger is Global, massive is like a 16th of that size yeah. if no, that keep, yeah. you know like keep super going. small and so you know, you you have these people that you surround yourself with, and it comes down to like, like, I we would never let each other fail. You know, like mm. that would never happen. I love that. And Wild Bill, <laughs> he's like our ringleader, right? So it's like mm. he's never gonna let us fail. You know, so it's like you kind of build a, a team around you so strong that you don't really know who the leader is because everyone is just leading each other and supporting each other. And that, that community yeah. that you guys have and have built and are core in the middle of have a huge support mechanism around you right. of people that are passionate about the NAC, passionate mm -hmm. about the programs. And so hopefully we'll never let it fail either. No. Yeah. It's a big, again, it, it a bit of a love fest and right. it's Valentine's Day. So maybe yeah. it's fitting, but um, yeah. As a collective hustle. Yeah. To, to, you know, if, if, I mean, you could take a, take a look at what Kelly does uh, if you wrote it down on a resume and if you took that to uh, a corporation or somewhere that uh, could utilize the skill sets that she has she could be making a lot of money sure for sure I know one day you probably <laughs> could do that or should do that <laughs> but I don't think she'd be happy well necessarily. And, and not only that and we're gonna come back to because you're what you just said you could have been saying to a mirror yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah but the other part of what you're doing is the race direction and mm -hmm. you have I mean any idea how many races you've put on? You know. In total? Yeah, what do you total. do a year? Um, now. I do nine small boat races and the Catalina Crossing. And I just... The There's amount of work... But I, but I, but I gave, I gave, I gave <laughs> up three this yeah. year. I'm, I'm doing three less races this year. The amount of work that goes into... Like, it's something I would never, ever, mm -hmm. ever want to be a part of is organizing a race, especially... When, so let me ask you this because it'll answer the question I was going to ask. Um, as a race director, is there a sing, if I had a magic wand, Kel, and there's one thing I could do to change something that happens on a regular basis about a race, whether it be the competitors or 
like, is there something that you're like, every friggin' race this happens, it's, I can never, like, is there any in particular, you might have a list of 10 things. I, I do. Or 10 specific people. Yeah, the people. <laughs> just, SUP could be its own race. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what are these prone guys? These prone guys. <laughs> get, out of, get out of the finish lane. Like, you know, it, there, well, each, each race is different. Like Buffalo, I'm dealing with so, so many wild different Buffalo is the channel crossing, crossing for, for small boats. And then that's totally different than the channel crossing for, for the big boats, you know, but, um, each race is just something different. Um, like with, with, yeah, with Buffalo, I'm dealing with, you know, the escort boat drivers with the angry iron paddlers that are upset that I'm making them get an escort boat. And <laughs> I don't know. Who, I'm not getting angry. <laughs> I think it's the smart choice. But, um, but yeah, no, each, each race brings something different. So Will might just, be getting angry. We're good at disagreeing. Yeah, yeah. We are very I good. Love it. Well, this is why you guys have a, po- a great and successful podcast together. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you said successful. Well, people really like it. <laughs> I, I didn't gauge it from a monetization standpoint or anything else, but yeah, yeah. I freaking love your podcast. And we, we're almost there. Um, Kelly, with, with regard, so just one of the surprises, I, I'm sure there's always surprises or things. Mm-hmm. So you had a race, the Hal Rossoff race last weekend at NAC. Yep. Um, perfect example, L- Murphy's Law, Law yeah. of Unexpected Consequences. What happened that day? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously last week and the last week, two weeks in Southern California has been just a huge rainstorm, just crap weather. We actually had a rudderless race in the middle of that storm and we had a clear window to run it. We ran it, started raining just a couple hours later. Um, and they had great conditions yes, for that one. That yeah. was the Va'a, yep, Va'a. second Yep. race of the series yep and so we get to we get to hell off and it's the day before and we're just like oh this is gonna be great you know there's blue skies and yes there's full-on trees floating in the water but we'll avoid them and there then, always is, there always is. Race. but yeah. then um our junior rowing team who was supposed to have a race in long beach that day um with you know a lot of other teams in the area in california uh in Long Beach, there was a sewage spill and their permit got pulled. Last minute. Last Ooh. minute, literally at noon on Friday, we got word that their regatta was canceled. And so, you know, there there was a team from Los Gatos that had already driven down, had three buses full of kids, had their hotel rooms booked, they couldn't get refunds. And so NAC, worked together with all their programs and we hosted a scrimmage for rowing Friday afternoon. There was a scrimmage um, Saturday morning between NAC and Los Gatos before the Hal Rosoff race started. Um, and they were off the water by 8.30 and we were racing by nine. So- Which is crazy. Yeah, so there's always, there's always something going on, but it just, you know, I think it just goes back to the leadership of working together, you know, where and that resourcefulness that yep, you guys have figured yep. out very, very well, you know, with, with Billy and working with the rowing coaches, working with Malia and I on the, on the race and, you know, our three groups just being like, well, this is what NAC does. We just make it happen. Problem yeah. solve. We problem yeah. solve. Incredibly so, well. Yeah. Again, there's not a better facility or team yep. than the Newport Aquatic Center. So kudos to you. So I came down the hill early that morning because yep. on race day, I'm, there's not going to be, I mean, there's a big beach, there's the parking lot. It's going to be wall to wall to wall. Yep. And I come down early that morning and I'm like, <laughs> there's two buses yep. 
there was a hundred cards and I was like, yep. what did I miss? Did I have the times wrong? Like, yeah. and then I found out what's going on. So surprise, yeah. right? Always something last minute. So let's pivot over to, to Will. So Will, you are still, as you, you've talked about, deep in this world that you've chosen to be a part of and over and above racing and really being a driving force on the coaching side of some of the premier paddlers and boats. Oh, I'm not doing any coaching. Well, <laughs> but you could, leader. I keep trying okay, to Okay, maybe him. it's not coaching, but you're definitely <laughs> leading a charge within that group of guys. Like you've always been a natural leader in, cause you're one of the premier paddlers in this area. You are, you don't have to respond. Um, <laughs> but you also are building boats and you started with repairing boats mm -hmm. you're, and you're building some beautiful stuff. You want to talk about what you're doing? Yeah. Um, you know, I started building boats when I eventually moved to Maui. Uh, so this is after college, I moved to Maui and I was building boats with Kai Bartlett uh, and Nate Loyola, who he now builds his own. Um, it's Kai's design that he builds on Oahu, but he, and you he can, builds them himself. Yeah. Kai I'm always branded. Go. Yes. It's the only clothes I own. <laughs> uh, it's clothes that are given to you. And uh, I, was, I spent all, about two years, yeah, I think just about two years, uh, learning how to build boats uh, with Kai um, and, well, for Kai. Um, but he did a lot of the, you know, I was pretty new at the time. I'd done a little bit of building uh, on Oahu with Kamanu. Um, not a ton, but a, a little bit to just kind of have a feel for it. And then when I started working for Kai, uh, that's when the ball really started rolling. You know, got a lot of really quality training from uh, a guy like him, who at the time was building some of the best boats out there. And then uh, when I moved back to California, after spending a couple years with him, um, I was back working at NAC, back in the shop, mm -hmm. um, working on NAC boats, doing little repairs. Um, and just getting more familiar with uh, the repair side of things, you know, learning a lot from Jose and Micah, and uh, eventually opening up my own repair shop down in Oceanside, and then learning pretty quickly. And Billy told me, <laughs> <laughs> you don't make any money when you have overhead. And even though it was a small amount of overhead, it was still, you know, I was looking at it going, this passion project. Yeah, this isn't going to be good. But it kept, it, you know, I was able to keep it going. And then right when things were starting to look pretty grim, my now partner in ER Canoes, he's the E in the, uh, in the law firm name that we decided to go with. Um, if the feds are listening, I can't say his full name, you know, just in case. But, uh, yeah, Aaron, he, um, he tasked me with building a three-man canoe. And he gave me a check uh, with the amount of money that we thought would be required and that was kind of the beginning of it so I made I'd never designed I'd never gone from the ground up and so I made our first three-man canoe um, and it came out looking cool but it was uh, adults couldn't fit in it oh, I, just, I didn't know I this mean, part I knew I, it looked cool that's all I knew I missed the mark oh so bad really uh, as far as making a competitive did Kai just go told you Giggle or a little giggle, uh, you know, or is that just because isn't he, that part of the learning process? Yeah, you know he's very um, he's very blunt with his assessment of your work, mm -hmm. especially when you're working for him. You know, there's a standard that you have to have to meet. I would imagine, and he's not gonna give you the pat on the back and say, "No, this looks good." He's gonna tell you what you did wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, when it came to looking at 
things that I made, there was a slightly different side I, I, I got from him because of course, you know, there's, I could probably put it on one hand, the people whose opinion about the boat I am really gonna digest. And uh, he's at the top of that list. And so I, there was a little bit of embarrassment, but then also a bit of pride that, you know, I completed the, mm -hmm. the job, but it was not done. The process was just beginning. And that's kind of where I started having a slightly different relationship with him, where he was opening up in a different type of way. A little about, bit more mentoring. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more mentoring about, mentor. you know, kind of opening up more about his process and, um, you know, really just being very open about talking about his, his progression. Uh, that he had himself because everybody you could look back at your first things you built in anything and kind of oh geez you know that wasn't great and then you look at what you're currently doing going all right I see progress progress equals happiness yeah typically and so you know I, I look at the boats now like I thank you I appreciate you saying they look good but I'm looking at them going oh god like <laughs> of course you know there, there's a lot but that's your more job, to go right yeah, yeah how yeah. to continue to refine it so yeah we're building a six-man um, uh, NAC has just sent in their deposit. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to be building a boat for NAC in honor of John Van Cleve. Mm. That could be a whole nother yes. yeah. podcast. Yes. Um, I, I know you didn't want me to bring it up, um, but I can't thank you enough for Crown Ace's donation oh. to buy the Pirai boys from Tahiti, uh, their canoe, for this upcoming Catalina. <laughs> um, the generosity. That's a nice setup. All right. Cut. Yes. Cut. I was like... Holy man. <laughs> Did I, how much money do I have in my wallet at the moment? We'll see. This is what Justin told me. <laughs> my, you're a funny guy. And uh, yeah, this is where Justin Listen, if I was going to buy one, I'd actually buy one for you. For you. <laughs> you see. You're a funny, funny guy. <laughs> see how I do business? Right. Good man. You like that? All right. Good thing I can edit that right now. <laughs> I'm very funny. Oh I, was waiting, I was waiting for some will yeah. to come right. at me today. Support Crown Ace. Right. <laughs> Please do. Um, yeah, we're, we're building six mans now. We're going to, you know, try, try to build 10 boats a year if we can, you know, wow. I'm working in a, uh, about a 1200 square foot shop in a boat, uh, the shop's 46 feet long. The boats are 44 feet long. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's a tight squeeze, but imagine. we're, you know, me and, uh, Judson Gray, I got to give a shout out to him. Yeah, and, just, um, my father-in-law and, and Ty Aviao, another paddler. And, uh, there's been a couple other guys in and out of the shop in the past, but um, it's pretty much, you know, Judson's there every day. Rad. Uh, he's really developing as a canoe builder. And uh, it's fun to see because I know exactly the point that he's at mm -hmm. um, from personal Well, and experience. think about it, or the way I look at it, it was pretty interesting. We're very blessed, as I was saying before, the kind of people we get access to. You guys have access to, whether international or domestic or Hawaii, but so you've got Kai, mm -hmm. premier boat brand, boat builder. I believe that you have some f affiliation with Johnny Puakea of the other, yes. one of the premier boat <laughs> brands, like opposite side of the table. I'm surprised, mm -hmm. like co-branding, right. you know. Mm -hmm. But I mean, and then we've got Jimmy Terrell, local, yep. mm -hmm. Olympic and world-class mad scientist of anything made of carbon right. and all the paddles. And these are not just names, like these are all friends of yours. Like, Right. Direct access to oh, some yeah. of the best boat well, builders. Really I mean, it's like, really it's got to be. I have to imagine it's similar. Like 
for NFL, NBA. Like when you're entrenched in that community, you realize that they're, these are just people. Yeah. Right. We're just, you know, we have right. the same kind of normal lives yep. for the most part. You know, and like you could look at like a LeBron James and it's there's somebody out there that's just buddies with him. Yep. For sure. That just, uh, hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> and, and calls him out and, and calls his shit. Right? And yeah. it's like, just normal. Yeah. yeah. It's just guys. But for the rest of us, we're like, holy smokes. But it's, yeah. but having access and growing up watching them build and being able to work with mm-hmm. Kai. Oh, actually, and I should say, uh, I, my first ever job was for Jim Terrell at Quickblade. Is that right? So there you go. Yeah. It's, it's super neat. And there's so many other people, like, right, you mentioned Micah mm-hmm. in the shop, Jose in the shop. This guy named Bruce is pretty handy. He's he's he's, got he's right. a good yeah. guy. I might I might love him. Your, your husband Bruce, um, super neat. Now, Will, we kind of glossed over, but let's go back and talk about because I think it's been so formative. You talked about your one year in Hawaii, but what about mm-hmm. the rest of the time you spent over there? Like, um, and this will go into like I'm going to have to come up with like the obligatory questions about like your favorite races that you've done, maybe mm-hmm. the gnarliest races you guys have done, and where you've raced, but just talk about how, how long did you live in Hawaii when you went back? Mm-hmm. Four years? I think so. Yeah. On Four, Maui or Oahu? Off. Yeah, I did two years on Oahu, two years on Maui. Um, the two years on Oahu were broken up, uh, but I went back, I was working for, I finished at Cal Poly and then I moved back to Oahu and I worked at Kualoa Ranch. And so I was um, working out on the ranch, doing an internship to finish up my last bit of school. Uh, and then from there, moved straight over to Maui to do canoe tours at the Ondas. And that's still run yeah. by Kekoa Kramer, um, who is one of the, you know. He, the Ondas is Wailea? Yeah, in Wailea. Yeah, and he steers the Wailea boys. And mm-hmm. he was kind of the, you know, one of the, the top steersmen uh, in Hawaii. And... Uh, you know, he brought me over to Maui. Things eventually didn't really work out for me with the canoe tours. It's just not very authentic getting a canoe tour from a guy from California mm-hmm. when you're on your vacation. Yeah, from Hawaii. California. <laughs> yeah, it's a little like I look back on it now. Yeah. I go, yeah, that made sense. And uh, and then that's when I went full time with Kai. Yeah, and it was just all, all paddling, all building. And would you? I don't know where does Kai build on. Where well, he doesn't based? build anymore. He designs still. He designs. But where, yeah, on, so where on Maui were you living? Where's Kai? I was there? living up in Lower Kula. So you were doing the Maliko run a lot, I'm uh, guessing. Not as much as I would have liked. Really? You, you, you know, that's you were the, working. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, I, trust me, I get to do it plenty. But that's always the misconception of yeah. working for yourself is, um, you know, we were contractors and we did, we got paid by piecework. And so the more jobs you did, the more you got paid. But also too, like, um, you know, the, the, the people that we've surrounded ourselves, we've talked about it, are hustlers. Mm-hmm. And Kai is, he, especially then when he was manufacturing and building uh, on Maui, he hustled. And so that got pretty ingrained in you. And gotcha. so, yes, you would tr- we trained plenty. Yes, we would do downwind runs, but it wasn't just like a- Yeah, you're grinding. up, let's go, Pat. Right. To, that, to live in Hawaii, yeah, that doesn't. You're you're earning your keep. I yeah. mean, it's an expensive so place maybe, to live. You got to be. I, I don't know how hard. it was in the '60s, '70s, and it's the the classic stereotype: surfs up. Let's yeah. go. It, it wasn't that way because if you had jobs to do, you were going to do them. Interesting. And so, um, you know, we 
we did have the luxury if we had moments in time to go sneak in a Maliko run and come back to work. But you always had to come back to work, yeah. it seemed like. Yeah. But that's a hell of a trade-off if you can make that happen. Yeah, that, yeah. That's you, as, I mean, figure it out. Listen, if you can paddle, even periodically, Maliko, if you're on Maui, Maliko or the Kihei runs, like, that's world-class downwind paddling. And then I'm guessing you got to do, so let me ask you this, how many Molokai crossings have you done? Do you I know? I don't know. What about yeah. um, Maui to Molokai? That's a, that's a good one. At least, I would, well, maybe not at least, I'd probably say eight to 10. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's, ten, maybe. there's not, in, well, if but you live we in Hawaii, you do a lot of those, but yeah. that's as good as it gets from a paddling person. In my mm -hmm. perspective, yeah. if you're a paddler, and paddling here is really a means to an end to going to do downwind stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it be Molokai, et cetera. So if you get to do that on a regular basis, like coming mm -hmm. back and paddling flat water here, you're like, here yeah. we go. <laughs> it's cold and it's flat. Well, the, and like when we were growing up, the goal was always to go do Molokai. Mm -hmm. But you you had to be 18 to do it. Uh, the, right. the, yeah. the change race, right? The, the nine man. But now it's 16 or something. So now there's more kids doing it. But when we were kids, it was like you turned 18. You're like, okay, I hope I make the it's NAC deal, team yeah. this year to go do it. You know? Yeah. How many times have you done uh, uh, Molokai? I've done uh, Nawahini five times. That's awesome. Hold on. And she, she did the one. I was going to ask. Yeah. I yeah. was so on the I asked escort. Boat. Oh, you were? Yes. Okay. So I had mentioned gnarliest races, mm -hmm. most memorable races. Can you tell the year and why it was so memorable? I've been 2011. They're, they're big photos. Oh, 2012. 2012. I will never forget showing up to Holly Alono and looking Will in the eyes because he's our change coach and he's got the NAC women's team. And we're young. It's me. It's yeah. Bobby, you know, his wife and Cora, and yeah. we're young. And it's probably, it was most of our, it was most of the girls first time crossing, but there was a group of us, Danny's wife, myself, Bobby, we had done it before. Um, so let me just but, tap pause yeah. for a second, just to frame it. So one of the most elite races, most reputable races in the world of any craft in downwind paddling is Molokai mm -hmm. to Oahu, 32 miles. It's actually mm, longer one, than that, it's 40, yeah, 42. 42. 42. In my world of, of surf ski and prone, it's th and maybe OC1 or Outrigger is that it's also the 32 mile course. That's the 32. Yeah. Okay. But in nine man, so you have six people in the boat, three people change mm -hmm. in and out, nine man, and you leave from the beach in yeah. on Molokai and you paddle to the beach yeah. on Oahu. And yep. if there's waves, yeah. it makes things interesting. So Very there were some waves. There were some day. waves. We showed up and I looked at Will and I go, what is this? It's closing out at the harbor entrance. And Will goes, oh, I've seen this before. Don't yeah, worry, you're fine. Lying, lying through through his <laughs> teeth, Mark. And we're like, oh, well, Will's seen this before. We're fine. Yeah. And then it just got bigger and bigger. And it just so happened that Sam was also there coaching the change coach. So on the motorboats, you have a figure that's not racing. You have someone who's calling your changes and, and coaching you from the boat. Will was our guy. Sam was coaching um, the offshore girls that year, just on as a change coach. Elaine, uh, JoJo, those girls. Billy Whitford was also there, change coaching another team um, with Julie Wolf. I think JoJo was in that team. I, I really don't know, but all three of you guys were there, and all three of them were like, "Yeah, no, we've seen this before. It's fine. Yeah, we're good." And there's like, how many how many boats are in that race? I mean, that year around eighty. Around probably. eighty, maybe. And yeah. you all have to paddle out through closing right. up. We when we say closing out, to. okay, but That's closing out, yeah, but so logistically, right, the, the, that race is hard, but the hardest part is the logistics. You've got to get to 
Oahu, get to Molokai, get mm-hmm. the boats over. Like it is logistics, it is yeah. very yep. expensive, yeah. and you've planned your year around this race yep. oftentimes. So you get there and you see, we say closing out, that is massive surf, massive. closing the harbor mouth. Massive. And you've got to go through it. And you've got to go through it. And yeah. so. And a bunch of people are lining, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, to make us feel better. <laughs> um, you know, but I mean, I remember going to Billy and, and, you know, Billy just saying, you know, just stay calm and whatever happens you'll get through it just stay calm you know and trust in your crew and and i'm like okay well and you were steering i was not no, at cora, cora, cora was steering was. um i was in seat five and so we're going out and there's somebody on the pier or on the jetty and i don't we don't know who he is and he's just waving at people to go 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 or or stop 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 and we don't know if we should listen to him or judge ourselves and we end up we end up going. We're like, okay, it's gonna it's gonna be clear. And then as we're going, there's a boat in front of us that starts turning left, and just starts taking our boat with it. And so if when you look at the photos of that iconic photo, you see our canoe parallel with the wave, which is it's not good. Not the position you want to be in because if wave crashes here, you don't want to be yeah. here. Yeah, you know? turtle. And and I just remember uh, myself and Leah, and we're all. Everyone's just saying it's going to roll under us, and we're going to be fine. Yeah, you had a little gap. Yeah, and so these huge waves, we we went up and we dropped down so fast. Over coming, the back. Over the back. It had not crashed yet. It goes under. We came up. We dropped down so fast. We started paddling. All the other canoes were behind us because they Oof. turned. We paddled. Hold it, on, they turned. They turned, and that's when to try to go back in. Yep. So that's what that's what turned us is these boats. This oh, this person started turning because the guy on the pier said stop, and we said no. You have to go. Yeah. You can't stop. Just go. And so they went around us, and we you know whatever maneuver we had to do, and we just went, and it it was better for us. And yes, it was really scary, but we came out with our hair dry, is what we say. Hallelujah. You know. A lot of and boats so didn't. Lucky. A lot of boats yeah, you didn't. Could, yeah, go on YouTube. Clean up. up. Yeah. 20, yeah. 2012? 2012, sure? it was. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, then. Never forget that, right? Never forget Ever. it. Ever. No. And then, you know, the we raced the in 2013. We raced in 2014 in a Koa canoe. Um, and that was the year that Sam passed. So that was really special for us. Uh, we had 2014? Already, yeah. 10 and, years ago already? Yeah. Yeah, I would not have guessed that. And so we wow. had a we had a really special crew. We raced a Koa canoe across the channel. We got second, and in the division of Koa, let's make that clear. But um, I'm a world Koa champion. Koa canoe, um, a lot, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Koa canoe is that? So that's a Koa wood canoe, a lot yep. heavier. Uh, is it more I mean, authentic? Is it have, a traditional? Or uh, is it, I, 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 I had. No, I think it'd still be around four hundred pounds. I think but, it's the same. It's just it's yeah. definitely a different build or design Designs, and, and will yeah. knows a lot more than i do but okay, i was just curious yeah. you know that the it sounds seats like it differently heavy, and gotcha. i was really special it, uh johnny Pukea's dad bobby had set that up for us um and oh, and yeah. everything and you know and then in in 2015 we all showed up again to race and once again the, the waves were so big um it was 2015 or 2016 but the waves were so big the wind was so high we're like, oh, they're gonna cancel the race. There's absolutely no way. It's the day before the race. We go to the coaches' meeting, and uh, the 
the the people you can tell they're they're just getting ready to, there's tears people are crying and i'm like oh they're gonna cancel the race why are all these people crying why are we crying and then i just start thinking i'm like well i have to get off this island i am not gonna get stuck on molokai um and so i call bruce and bruce doesn't answer i call mike i go micah you need to to get me a plane ticket off this island like we have no internet we can't you know and yeah they, they ended up canceling the race because the wind was there's only been two that they've had to cancel the race wow. and that was one of them because uh, the, the wind was too strong and the waves were too big and um and we've had one canceled catalina yes Cancelina. yep yep we don't like canceled racing that adds a, that adds a whole lot yep well, listen, thanks for sharing that stuff. Like, yeah. I, we could go all day and I could ask you a million of the obligatory yep. mm. questions about races, but I think we're good. I, <laughs> yeah. But I would love to talk about the podcast. Again, right. and it's super fun to have you guys on this side. And I know that this studio is a little bit different. Will, where do you usually uh, record from? Anywhere and everywhere. Front of your car, yeah. car wherever maybe. Yeah. The couch. It's such a good podcast, you guys. Walking. And you're. <laughs> You're coming up on 100 episodes, is that yep. right? Yeah, That is so cool. I, truly, I think I've listened to everyone. Let me ask a question. If there's one person that you have, a, if you have a super fan, that's probably gonna be the first one to listen to this podcast, who is that? <laughs> Wade Williford. That's right. No questions asked. None. Wade was, you know. He, is our, he is our number one guy. For sure. It was really fun to interview Wade yeah. here too. Just super fun. What a good, funny dude. Yeah. And a great paddler. Passionate yes. paddler. Um, what was the genesis? like? When did you start it and why? Um, I think I called Will and I said, I have an idea. And you were like, okay. Another I one? Literally, it's probably what he said. And he's like, I got to sit down. I can't do this. Um, Your, our whole life has been Kelly calling saying, hey, I've got this idea. We love that about you. Um, and this was, just for a, a t frame of reference for time, this was February of 2019. And his first daughter, his your daughter, mm. was gonna be born a month later. And so I was asking him to take on this project, as you know, he's about to become a dad. And Woody's, you know, driving me nuts at 11 months old already. And mm. I was like, let's just do a podcast where we just talk about paddling. We get to talk to our friends because, as you said, like we are lucky and blessed enough to have access to some really cool people really. that you mm, know yeah. have really cool stories. Everyone from you know, people who just started paddling to Wade Williford to, you know, Johnny Puakea. And I was like, this could be really cool. And so we did two episodes and then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we picked it back up in November of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. November 2021. Yeah. Yeah. We took that little hiatus. We had baby time and yeah. Uh, COVID time and yeah because our first um, two our first two episodes we were together we didn't even think about zoom yeah we thought we had to be together nobody did yeah zoom wasn't a thing yeah um but i did i'm like now it's amazing how times changed so quickly because podcasts i didn't consume really that much mm -hmm. then now it's the only thing that i'm consuming but uh you know it, to me it was more just like a let's interview right people yeah. or just kind of shoot the shit and yep. have a couple drinks and it'll be a fun because we were we weren't seeing a whole lot of each other no at that point either yeah in our lives. young kids and then this thing called covid will throw yeah. a wrench yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. right so even the, you know the two pre-covid i think one of the main ideas was like hey this will be an excuse to, to get together get oh, together fun. yeah you know hang out have a couple beers it'll be good and then it stopped for a minute and then when we got back to it um I don't know. I don't. I don't really remember whole because it just kind of became. 
a habit. Yeah. Uh, we've been a little bit, you know, life gets in the way a little more now. Right. But we were pretty good for a yeah. while. Yeah. You know, and we've got plans for, for the future. And let's be, you know, I'm not trying to just prop you up here, but we'll be clear. I think everybody knows that this is Kelly's project <laughs> Kelly's that a I'm goer. a voice on. No. Because oh, yeah. she does hey. the producing, the... I think I've set up two interviews in our however many, 60-some interview episodes. Everybody, everybody has their role yeah. in this world. Well, right? I, I, if he would have said, no, this is dumb, I would not have done it. Oh. Oh, I, like, I did say that. He did, but I pushed him a little <laughs> bit more. But then, but if he really was like, Kelly, we're not doing this, I would have been like, okay, cool, it was just an idea. You know, It's so um, fun. It's such a good thing. And what I think for me, and the reason I started this is because I want to, like, a, it's really fun to connect the dots and it's fun right. to get the stories and the backstories. But for me, it really started, I wanted to interview my parents and have it yeah. while they're mm -hmm. so young and sharp and my grandkids will be able to look at me when I was reasonably, you know, <laughs> middle-aged, but see their grandparents or great-grandparents while they were sharp and lucid and super yeah. cool. Because mm -hmm. I remember my grandparents when they were old. Right. And now Same. it's recorded. So what you guys are doing memorializes all these people at a mm -hmm. yeah. part spot in time mm -hmm. that a hundred years from now is still potentially going to be there and viewable yeah. for all, every, all these people's families, which I think is super special and really, yeah. really cool. And it's fun. And I love the way you guys have always done it. And I just think it's great. What's funny is, you know, I've called you a few times, Kelly, yep. like, how do you do this? How do you do this? Cause I, re I bought all the equipment to do a podcast during COVID cause I've always wanted right. to do it. And I realized in about five minutes that I want to talk and interview. I I'm not cut out to do all the IT and all yeah. the follow up yeah. and all that stuff. And that's Hello. when yeah. this came available. Ironically, the gentleman, one of the gentlemen in the back, we've got Cole right here and we've got Murphy in the back. I called Murphy and he came over and helped me buy the equipment and set yeah. it all up and start doing it. And with truly in five minutes, I realized I need somebody else to do all the back end. Well, that's yeah. why we, it, and it still is just a very organically grown right. thing. Yeah, right. but a hundred is yeah. no yeah. no joke. You know, we don't have the sound quality that you have with this. We don't have the headphones. But we just do it. It's clearly not essential, and, and you're right. getting all the content, and yeah. you're getting now, the people. Now, would it be better with this? You sure. guys, it's yeah. as good as, like, it's freaking awesome, right? Yeah, but it, it, it's it's fun. You know, we're going to, we got we got a couple things coming up yeah. that we want to really work on for this year, you know, like progressing into a situation with a little bit more equipment. Right. Um, but when it really, it's the content. And that we're after consistency yeah. as we were so if you can deal with the kids yeah. you can well, deal with well, bruce watching tv in the background <laughs> yeah which is endearing about it trust me but one of the things i was going to ask you both because with young kids young kids throw we love them all but they throw a wrench and stuff everything right everything. so you're trying to be super high performance in paddling and at mm -hmm. work and you have all these different things going and yet you've got a young one at home two young ones at home mm -hmm. um, we have to give a lot of props for our spouses for allowing Oh, 100%. But like when, when Bruce and Bobby are, are a godsend. My husband, Bruce, his wife, Bobby. Yeah. So kudos to spouses here on Valentine's yeah. Day, right? <laughs> that too. <laughs> to do a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. Right? Because I couldn't do all the stuff I do if my wife wasn't 100% supportive of right. it. And I try to be really good and, and around when I'm not and or when I can be. And I and my wife certainly knows that I'm a much nicer person after I've paddled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also helps too is we have crippling ADHD and just yeah. can't stop. Can't right there stop. With you. And sit you on know, a couch. I am right there but. with you. I have a funny. Well, it's not funny. I, have, I just. I may have just screwed it up. Um, I have a. I have a family question for you guys. Um, Kelly, what's your daughter's name? Piper. 
Will, what's your parents' dog's name? We're not doing this. Here no, I have go. to. Here what's your go. dog? What's your parents' dog's what's name? What's your parents' dog's name? Sunshine. It's Piper. It's Piper. Hold on. Your parents' dog's name is Piper. Your daughter's, daughter's name is Piper. Piper. We That's went, so we got, interesting. We went over this in a recent what episode came first? of the, ours. The baby or the puppy? But I've heard it firsthand. And yeah. I just yeah, 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 yeah. We had, I mean, yeah, Christmas could have gone one of two ways. <laughs> at the, at the no. friends and family Christmas party, we had mom double down on that one. That yeah. was so great. But she knew what she was doing. Yeah. She was winding it's, up it's a little bit. It's just fun. So hang on. That's family dynamic. I don't know if I've... Explain this enough. The name was Bailey. <laughs> the name of the dog. Was oh, Bailey. your daughter or the no, dog? No, the dog. Okay. The dog. Gotcha. Uh, and it was like my mom was like, "It's Bailey," but she had just mentioned Piper once, and Dad took Piper and oh, heard it's nothing else. He turned off yeah. his his so hearing aids mom, about that time. There, there was like a week. <laughs> she where probably, we're calling the dog two names. Yeah. She probably mentioned it to your dad saying, hey, Kelly had her daughter, Piper. Probably. <laughs> Very likely. I just love the family dynamic. Again, one more way yeah. that you guys are just forever linked. It's well, so and fun. it's fun when you tell Finn we're going to go to the beach with Woody and Piper. And she says, Piper kid, or Piper, Piper dog. dog. <laughs> yeah. No. But uh, it's, so you know, it's That's one. It's, it's actually it is really cool because our kids are best friends and we're best friends and our families are so intertwined whether it's his parents and my parents or everyone around and um it just goes back to the community you know that we're in yeah and everything well again you guys are instrumental in the community and so thank you for that in a lot of ways and i think also we're blessed to have grown up around here because mm -hmm. i grew up here too and a lot of us go away or a lot of people go away but a lot of people migrate back because right. we're so blessed to be here and right. so a lot of my best friends are best friends from grade school yep. also um some of which spend time at nac so it's just yeah. it's a small it's a big town small town really luxury yep thing can we, we talk get. about this luxury thing yeah why what, what is with the white buildings with the black trim <laughs> um yeah, well, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a I think it's a trend. It's a trend. I think it's a trend. It's a and trend, all right. It's I just want to make sure you Houses, know buildings, that we yeah. will never be trendy. So, and that's okay. Mm. <laughs> we don't have to be trendy. You're saying you'll <laughs> never be trendy? Yeah, there's a lot of those. It's it's an interesting time in the world where everything is white. White, 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 yeah. white. I know. I know. Hey, listen, my wife and I always say, we'll walk, we love to walk and we love architecture yeah. and stuff. And we'll walk, God, like, why did they just build that? And over time, I've realized like, if everybody did things the way I liked it, it would be a very boring world. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that okay somebody that built that. that really ugly thing, but they love it. I hope they really love it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'll never live there, but yep. hopefully they love it. Because yeah. if everybody's the same, what fun is that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We need some some uh, diversity out there. Um, you guys, I could go on and on. I just want to, but I'm going to do this. <laughs> I just want to say thank you. Honest to goodness, it's. It's great to have people like you leading this, I don't, I don't know if it's the next generation, but certainly you're a generation below me. Mm -hmm. And what you guys provide in the paddling world from leadership, from organization, from just reputation, it's super, super cool and very much appreciated. Um, for your role at NAC, which is one of my favorite places on earth, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, it just, it's really cool to see really good things happening in the paddle world, but I really do think it's a lot bigger than that because community Ohana, yep. um, it's so important and it's super cool and, and we're blessed to, to all be kind of a part of it. So thank you guys. And oh, thank, thank you, you for being a part of the Passion Project on Valentine's Day. And I thank you it. for taking the opportunity to be on that side of, 
of the interview, which is fun for me. I was me. nervous. Thank you for your purchase <laughs> of a new canoe. I can't yeah, thank you enough I'm working on that. Having I'm us working here. Working on that. Working on <laughs> yeah. it. Kellen Will, thanks so much. You guys rock. Thanks, and, Mark. Uh, have fun with the hundredth episode of Cocktails and Canoes. Is that next? Uh, is this ninety nine? I will we'll drop one this week that's uh-huh. been in the can because that's a phrase podcast Ooh, we've I'm got learning. one in the can. Oh. Um, actually, I don't know, but we'll drop that one <laughs> and then the next one's 100. Radical. So. Super impressive, you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Boom. <laughs>